you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the, world. in the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host. Chris Voss. Hi, folks. Chris Voss here from the ChrisVossShow.com. The ChrisVossShow.com. Hey, we're coming here with another great podcast. Oh, my gosh. It's amazing. You're going to be mind blown, enlightened. Your mind is going to expand. It's going to stretch to a new kind of elastic, that stretchy Play Doh stuff you used to play with your kid. Only, I don't know, maybe, hopefully it won't get hard when you get done playing with it and you leave it overnight. So we're going to make you smarter today. We're going to be talking with a brilliant author and some of the compilation, other brilliant minds who uh, contributed to this book today. The book is Making Contact, Preparing for the New Realities of the Extraterrestrial Existence. This is going to be coming out on May 4th, 2021. I actually added the the in there. Let me recut that if you don't mind, uh, Alan. Sure, sure. That's fine. I'm just adding Whatever. to your title. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. That's fine. Maybe it needs the the. No, I, I'm just retarded. All right. I no, went. it's fine. It's all good. All right. His new book is Making Contact, Preparing for the New Realities of Extraterrestrial Existence. His name is Alan Steinfield, and he's got this book coming out on May 4th, twenty. 21. It's an interesting discussion we're going to have because there's been some releases from the Air Force and everything else about this sort of material, and so we'll be talking about it as well. And this episode is brought to you by a sponsor, ifi-audio.com and their micro IDSD signature. It's a top-of-the-range desktop transportable DAC and headphone app that will supercharge your headphones. It has two brown burr DAC chips in it and will decode high-res audio and MQA files. We're using it in the studio right now. I've loved my experience with it so far. It just makes everything sound so much more richer and better and takes things to the next level. IFI Audio is an award-winning audio tech company with one aim in mind, to improve your music enjoyment of quality sound, eradicate noise, distortion, and hiss from your listening experience. Check out their new incredible lineup of DACs and audio enhancement devices at ifi-audio.com. Alan Steinfeld is a explorer of consciousness. For 30 years, he hosted and produced the weekly television series, New Realities in New York City. Additionally, with 68,000 subscribers to his YouTube channel of the same name, there have been over 20 million viewers that have seen his programs. Uh, These include interviews with such luminaries in the field of health, spirituality, and UFOs. Deepak Chopra, Marianne Williamson, Ram Dass, and every major UFO researcher in the field. And now he joins us today. Welcome to the show. How art thou? Great, Chris. Great voice. Great audio presence you create there. Yes. Thank you. I've got that radio face. Give us your plug so people can find you on the Internet and uh, learn more about you. And well, of course, if you want to the buy book. the book, go to Amazon, put Making Contact, Alan Steinfeld, and get a copy before it goes 
um, out to the public on May 4th. May the 4th be with you, I like to say. And that'll add to the, just the kind of cash we're putting in there, cachet, if I say, on Amazon. The, the higher, more people pre-order, the better it looks for Amazon. You go also find me on YouTube. That's youtube.com slash new realities. I have a podcast on BBS radio, also with new realities. The whole thing. Chris is about developing new realities. And what does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? So we'll get into it. Uh, quick question, though, I want to throw at you. Did you pick the May 4th release date for the May 4th? No, the first I did not. That, random? that was random. And someone said May 4th. That sounds, and then they made a joke, and I thought that was, wow, that really fits, because here we are in Star Wars and everything like that. So, yes, yes. So that's quite it. unique. you got a whole holiday going there for yourself. And you're <laughs> exactly. Your it's and the you're making contact. I'm calling it National Making Contact Day. May the 4th be with you. There you go. Maybe something will happen. So yeah. give us a, a overview, arcing overview of the book, and then we'll get into some of the details. The book is a compilation of some of the best minds and writers and researchers in the UFO field. And these people have dedicated their lives to understanding this phenomena. What is really going on? What does the government know? What are these things? Who are they? Where are they from? And so I've been obsessed with the subject, and I've looked for the best writers in the field, people who really have established themselves as researchers, people like Linda Moulton Howe. Do you know her? She did the cattle mutilations and uh, Whitley Strieber, who had the best-selling book Communion. He's a real gift to the world. Who else? John Mack is one of the most important people in the field of ufology. He was a Harvard professor of psychiatry. And he said the people coming to him about abductions are not crazy. They are having a legitimate experience and we should treat them that way. So he brought a whole other level to the field and he stood up against Harvard who said, no, I'm not giving these people a psychiatric um, diagnosis. These people are having an experience. I don't know what that experience is, but something is happening to people who are claiming abductions and they're not crazy. So he went that far. That, that created a legitimacy to a lot of people like myself who had these strange experiences, who had meetings with beings and I would say dream states, altered states. And I didn't know what was going on, but I got obsessed with the literature and that's got me involved in writing a book about it because after you find out everything there is to know, then you want to tell other people. Cool. I'll leave this up to you. Which fork we want to take here on the road? Yeah. Do you want to tell us about those experiences first, or do you want to talk about the other authors in the book first? We'll go either yeah. way you want. I'll just no, let let's talk go. about the other authors because there. I'll get to my experience in a moment. But I became obsessed with what's going on, what happened. And I'll talk about that in a bit. But these all, I would go to every conference and would say, who really knows what's what the deal is. So the guy who leads off the book is Nick Pope. He was an investigator for the Ministry of Defense. Have you heard of Nick? No. He, he worked for the UK Ministry of Defense and they would get these UFO cases just like in this government, just like this country, but they're not as open here. And he would check out, are these true? And he can, came to the conclusion that some of these were legitimate. And what happened in the UK is that they changed the name from unidentified flying objects to unexplained aerial phenomena, UAPs. And this is what the government is calling. It's not just a rebranding program because UFOs had a bad name. It means that we went from object to phenomena. What is that about? 
It's about these things are more than just things in the sky. They are creating effects on people's awareness. And that is what the government, the U.S. government, is now trying to tell us. There's a lot more going on than just visitors from other planets. It creates a whole new cognitive reality. When you see one of these things, Chris, have you ever seen a UFO? No, not yet. There's still time, though. I'm going to send them your way. Oh, boy. (laughs) You'll love it because as long it, as they bring as long as they bring in some lube for the anaprobing, I'm okay. okay. <laughs> exactly. I don't think that happens to anybody. I think they're at, they're over that part of their experimentation. Oh, are they good? good. Well, if you really I, want it, I can arrange that. I am 53, so I'm due for the whole thing. Oh, but all right, but it is quite <laughs> besides the activity. It's quite a shock to see these things in the sky. It really shifts your world. And so Nick reads it off and I'll get into some of the other people. I guess that leads to my story, though, because I did see things in the sky. I was in New Mexico and there was this strange cloud and I turned away and everyone said, look. And I said, what? Are they joking? And there was a light that came on and I looked at it. And then as soon as I saw it, it flashed off and that kind of planted a seed of what's possible Ben was driving cross country with this girlfriend and we were, you know, tired from driving all day. We parked on the side of the road down this off the interstate and we felt like we were in suspended animation all night long. We, we woke up in the same position we went to sleep in and usually we fool around. We didn't even do that. We were just, but who remembers waking up in the same position? And I had a mark on the back of my knee, this four-pronged puncture mark. And she said, what's that? I said, oh, that's probably a spider bite or something like that. I don't know. But I got back to New York after this trip, and I started to meet Bud Hopkins. Bud was really the godfather of UFO abduction investigations. And I told some people in his group about that. And they said it was an abduction scar, and it matched this kind of weird kind of dream state I had on this cross-country trip. And then eventually I was hypnotized and hypnosis is a kind of sketchy thing. But I did have a vision of these beings showing up at the back of my van and doing, it's still vague, but something happened because after all that, I became really obsessed with the subject. I had to go to every conference, talk to every single person in the field, talk to the real experts, and I became friends with them. And that's how I got them in this book because it's it's my journey into this realm and trying to explain it from the nuts and bolts, which is what Nick Pope does with looking at UAPs, to the interior, to what this does to consciousness. How does this affect our thinking? So these beings whoever these beings are, aliens, whatever, interdimensional, they expand our reality. When you meet them, you're no longer the same person. Something happens cognitively to our reality. It's it's not always pleasant, like the anal probe stuff, but it is a transformation. It's like going to the dentist. It's not always pleasant, but sometimes it's useful. More necessary. Do you believe in this? I'd seen a show one time and it was really interesting. There was somewhere down, I believe in South America, there's a place where you can see a, a, I think it's a collection of rocks or marks they made in the sand of a giant spaceman. And it was made by ancient Aztecs or 
somebody. Right. I don't know exactly. So don't quote me. And I thought it was really amazing. And the historical thing, I think it was on the History Channel, talked about how you see a lot of what looks like spacemen in mm-hmm. some of the old Aztec writings and different things around the world and murals and stuff. Mm-hmm. And how there's this theory that maybe they came here and they shared some design things, maybe with the pyramids and other things with people, ancient peoples. So I don't know. How, how do you feel about that? Is there some sort of correlation with that? Or? I think there's absolutely a correlation. First of all, we can't even duplicate now with all our great technology what happened with the pyramids. I think extraterrestrial visits have been a constant throughout the history of civilization and mostly indigenous people are still aware of it. You talk to the Aborigines or even the Zunis in New Mexico, they talk about the star people. It's just this Western mind that we are the smartest guys on the block and we have it all together that ignores the fact that really, I think life is abundant throughout creation. We, and this is in the book, we actually, in my theory is we're, hybrids of an alien civilization that genetically manipulated the evolving primates on this planet, that 2% difference between us and chimpanzees have been inserted into us, into Mm -hmm. our DNA code to make us the kind of creatures we are today, good, bad, or ugly. We are different than all the other animals on the planet. First of all, we look towards the sky. What other animals tracks the sun and the stars and the moon? There's something else. We develop culture and civilization and communication to such a sophisticated degree. There's something that has evolved us separate from the rest of the primates. And that happened about 200,000 years ago, as far as my research can tell, where this genetic upgrade in Cro-Magnon man began the birth of civilization. That's interesting. I've often wondered that myself because you're like, when did that little knob turn just that little bit? I'm, 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 I'm trying to think of the great scientist who does all the TV and stuff, and he does a YouTube channel. And he explains physics and stuff. But one of his theories was of science is that dust from Mars came here, landed, germinated, and over time we evolved into what we are. There's also the other side of what you mentioned, we're a planet of, of experiments and playthings yeah. by people who are like, let's tweak this button, button and see what happens. Exactly. Um, which, given some of the populace that I've seen running around going, I'm like, yeah. it's, that, that isn't far-fetched, actually, when you think about it. But so I, I'm just curious if you don't mind me asking a question yeah, based on that. And I'm an atheist, so there's no right answer here right. At, at where I'm leading you. Do you believe personally in a God creator, or do you think we're more this sort of yeah, ant farm? Yeah, you're right. No, I believe that life is abundant throughout the universe, whatever that means. Uh, I think that we are part of a greater creation. I don't like to use the G word because what does that mean anyway? I think there is, let's call it a divine spark, something that makes us immortal, eternal, something that connects to, I hate to use religious terms, but a soul, something Mm. eternal in us. And I think we are not just a product of evolution, but we're a part of involution, like some greater consciousness descended into us. So it makes us, let's call us, insouled beings. But I don't want to get religious. I just think besides the civilization, the genetic upgrade, there's something different on an internal cognitive level 
than the animals. And it connects us to these other star beings that said, let's put this immortal essence that goes beyond the body in these evolving primates and see um, how well they do. Because really, I think we there is a, probably a single creation somewhere, not creationism, but somehow there's a spark of creation that bursts into life. Because how do you get life from non-life? That is one of the hard questions of science. And people like Freud developed the death wish because he said, things evolve back to their original state. And since we came from a dead universe, everybody wants to get back into being part of that dead universe. But let's say life descended from a higher level, maybe our evolutionary impulse is to return to a higher source. So I don't have the answers. I just have questions. How did life begin? How did intelligent life begin? And why are we here? I'm trying to figure that out. That's true. Of course, sometimes I just watch the news and I'm still looking for the intelligent life. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Uh, So why did you put these uh, particular folks in the book? And do you want to tell us more about them? Yeah. So Nick Pope starts it off. And what I started with, it's like a batting lineup. Are you into baseball? You want your leadoff no, hitter to but, yeah, I get, sure. get to first base and then you have follow through and you want your cleanup batter to be hitting in fourth place. But anyway, I'm not into baseball either, but that was from my childhood. <laughs> I anyway, I go from the exterior. I look at, okay, there are objects in the sky, but nobody really wants to talk about who's in these objects or where they're from. So I start with that. Just establishing the fact, like you've said, the government has come out, the Navy has said so, UFOs are real, just in the past two years. That is huge. That is like a breakthrough in awareness. Of course, we've been so busy quarantining with ourselves. We, it's no big deal. I just want to get through this. But so maybe that's why they did it at this time. But anyway, we established, I established the fact with this first essay that there are things out there. The second essay says there are things out there and they are trying to get our attention. This is Grant Cameron. He wrote the theory of wow. He says the only reason these UFOs have lights on them is because they want us to see them. You think they need lights to travel across the whatever the galaxy? Like <laughs> that makes sense. Actually, I just realized how 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 that makes sense. They have yeah. lights because they want our attention, but they're mm-hmm. not here to land in the White House lawn. If you want that cliche, so why are they here? They're here to show us that more is possible. And then the essays proceed with Linda Moulton Howe who says that she's talked to government insiders. She, Linda's probably the top researcher in the UFO field. She gets whistleblowers coming to her and saying, guess what, Linda, I'll tell you the truth. One of these whistleblowers in her essay called The Implicate Order says there are three competing extra, extraterrestrial races fighting for control over planet Earth. And this is a government insider saying, and these are the Nordics, you've heard, the reptilians and the little greys. Oh, so it's so, not the it's not the rebellion and and the and the empire. It could be that, but I just made know, that joke because you're on May fourth. So sorry, right? May the fourth, but it is all that. Those are like symbols of a bigger kind of drama going on. So I don't know. I'm not saying this is true or not true. I'm saying this is what the top researcher in the book says. And then we get to uh, John Max essay, who says, "No, these people are not crazy." He people would come to John and say, uh, please tell me I'm crazy because I had this weird experience and this weird dream. John would say something like, I have good news and bad news. You're not crazy. That means something really happened to you. 
and it's not always pleasant. And then I have who is probably the most lucid contactee that I've ever met. He's had hundreds of experiences face to face with these beings. I have not had them in a that aware state. They come to me in dream states where it's, am I dreaming? Am I not dreaming? But I definitely feel something's out there. But Whitley has them because of his 50 years of meditation and lucid practice. In a normal waking state or a semi-normal state. And I wanted him in the book because he describes the experience of contact, probably the clearest I've ever met. What happens when you meet these beings is that your, your awareness is altered. Okay, we're talking to each other and we're human. But when you meet something non-human, that's intelligent. That's looking at you and analyzing you. It freaks you. It freaks people out. It's, who are these beings? You could look at a dog and a dog's intelligent, but they're not that intelligent. They don't understand why I didn't call my mother and all that stuff. But, but you look at these beings, look at you and they look right through you. And most of the essays talk about telepathy. So there's this nonverbal connection that seems to be a more evolved state. And then I get to Daryl Anka. Who Daryl Anka? I don't personally know. He is a channel. I don't know what you feel about channels, but he channels the being, the extraterrestrial called Bashar. He's mm. been doing that for 30 years. And he wrote an essay as himself, not as Bashar, <laughs> for the book. And he and Bashar is a first contact specialist. If you believe all that, he has some great information for just living a, a beautiful life here. He says, follow your excitement, Chris. Do what you love. And you will evolve your consciousness. And I think you're doing that. So that's, that's good. So anyway, I go through the book from the exterior to the interior and and then how to merge with these beings. So if you're interested in merging, let me know. Okay. Yeah. I, is there anal probing in the merging? Cause, uh, no, it's just mental uh, probing. Are you okay okay. with that? Uh, There's not much going on left up there. So whatever they can work with, it's probably, it's just jello and, and pudding at this point. Would you want an upgrade? Do you want me to tell them to upgrade you? (laughs) I would need all the upgrading I can get at this point. Just reading the book will upgrade you because something like says, is this real? Could this be possible? How is this possible if it's not on the front page of the newspapers? And honestly, I've been stuck indoors with the coronavirus and haven't been able to date as a single guy. So honestly, the anal probing is probably the best sexual experience I'm going to have in last two years at this point so you know i'll recommend it to you actually it's whitley streber (laughs) i'll I'll tell these guys that's what you're looking for but for it i'm just saying i had to go to i just had to fly and go to the tsa to get felt up whatever it doesn't last i checked it doesn't cost me anything so i'm in you know it was whitley streber who actually made that anal probe thing public he he actually said that he's the guy who put that on the map if you're yeah if you want to know the source of that. Him and Grinder. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, let's talk about why the government is coming out about this now. What's going on? You've seen this in the news. What do you think about the fact that the government's saying, hey, guess what? We have company. I think it's important. I think they've been hiding all these years because a lot of people are ultra religious and this challenges that belief system, especially from the sixties or forties or fifties when it started and, or when we started like really tracking it. And then what was it in Arizona? So I think it's important that we're finally bringing this out. I've always thought it was interesting. Every time a president takes office, one of those secret dossiers he gets is always named aliens. Like you wouldn't hand a guy a secret dossier on aliens and want our whole 
government premises on that if there weren't aliens. And there's just too much of it going on. I used to read like Close Encounters and different alien abduction books when I was a kid. I went through a phase as a teenager. So I think there's a reality to it and something needs to be explored. But we can't, we all need to talk about it. We need to understand it. And we all need to have some collective data. So I think it's beautiful they're finally addressing it. I think it's interesting, like what you said, where they're, they're trying to spin it into a different, it's not UFOs. It's okay. It's a uh, name. Right. Blah, 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 blah. So I'm all for it. Let's talk about it. Let's see it. We're all adults here. That's why uh, I wrote the book. I wrote the book. It says preparation because I think I don't want people to be freaked out. Because something's out there for sure. The government's coming forward and they've denied this for years since Roswell, which 47 and now 2017, they're saying, guess what? We have company. Something's about to break loose. And maybe we're not the freaks. Uh, I used to call the, the lonely bastards of a lifeless universe, but we're not. We are part of a bigger reality, a bigger create. Isn't it possible if, if grass grows between the cracks and the sidewalk, why do we think it's just isolated to planet Earth? Yeah. I mean, what's here is everywhere, really. Scientists that want to hold on to their jobs this is what happened to Avi Loeb. Avi Loeb said this thing that went around the, have you heard about Umeamea? He wrote a book called, he's an astronomer also from Harvard, who said this thing that passed the Earth in October of 2017, oh, yeah. this asteroid that was interstellar, that was not from this universe, said it had the hallmarks of a created object. It did not look like an asteroid. Everyone else has said, no, you're going to blow it. Don't tell people that. Let's stay on this side of the alien question. So something's breaking loose. And I do think, and I'm not a conspiracy person, although there is a conspiracy about this, that we are being pressured maybe by the aliens to release this information on the government side because they said, if you don't do it, we're going to do it. And people are going to be freaked out. Yeah. As long as they don't do that thing that they did, what was that movie in the 50s where we come in peace and, and they end up beating us? I, I'm against right, that. Right, right. Oh, right. There was a book that I think was that, it wasn't the day the earth stood still, but it was to serve man. And they finally decoded the book and they said to serve man. And they, everyone. Recipe out. guide for human. No, these things have been here for probably hundreds, maybe thousands of years. Eric Von Donegat, the ancient astronaut theory, you probably, I think you hinted around that. People thought these were the gods. Now we want to make a whole religion out of them. No, they're just beings like us, probably a little smarter, but they, they're looking out for us. I think if they were to invade us like uh, Independence Day and all that ridiculous stuff, they would have done it a long time ago. Yeah. They're making sure we don't blow ourselves up. When you ignite an atomic weapon, it's not just a big explosion. And when I've talked to physicists, it rips a hole in time space. And that was a wake up call for the rest of the galaxy to say, uh oh, the teenagers have the car keys. We better investigate. Even though they've been here, it hasn't gotten out of hand till, till now. So that's why this whole increase in possibilities is, is happening. I think with knowledge, with knowledge, it comes preparation. So when these things show up in your bedroom, Chris, 
don't be freaked out. I told you. And just keep your pants on. But all that. That's why I always keep my pants on when I go to bed. And so that, yeah, maybe I should take my pants off and be more welcoming. Just accept it. That's what they say at the doctor for my 50 year old checkup says, why did you pick the order of these brilliant people? That was what I went through is the fact that I want to go from the exterior, what's going on to, and the later chapters, like with Daryl Anka, he talks about what it's like to channel an extraterrestrial. If you believe in channeling, have you ever interviewed some channels here on these shows? No, no, but there's still time. Right. They're people who go into trance and they let their consciousness be taken over by another being. And it's a little weird, but I've been around that stuff for a long time. Some people are great channels like Daryl and some people are they're great actors or not so great actors. But Daryl is one of the best. And so he goes into the interior. What is it to merge this awareness of these other beings? What is it to think telepathically with people. How do we understand non-locality, your brain in particular, and everyone's, yeah, you. Thoughts, it's like a radio. You think you're creating your thoughts from inside your brain. This is my theory. But you're really picking up these thoughts from a non-local being called Chris Foss or whatever you want to call Uh that aspect of you. So your brain is a sending and receiving transmitter. That's It's like a radio. If you open the radio, you're not going to find the announcer in there. Mm-hmm. It's receiving a signal. Your mm-hmm. brain is fine-tuned to the signal of your, whatever you want to call it, soul. If that's true, that means maybe we're really not local beings. I think I lost you there, Chris. Was that too far out? No, no, you didn't actually. I have a friend who wrote a book about how our brains are like a mini computer and yeah. we download and upload data and, yes. and he, he has a format in a certain way. And so what I, what I think about was that sounds like he is and it makes logical sense. I was just going to make the joke that whoever is sending my signals is a moron. So I clearly have the lower IQ of the extraterrestrial beings influencing me, judging by the <laughs> decisions I make on a daily basis. Well, there's no morons from the higher levels. It's just how you use the information. You're really being guided. Oh, I mean, I'm I think- the moron. No, I think the moron works for you. I'm not saying you're a moron, but you you said it. But no, it works because you're pretty good at what you're doing. You're probably the best moron you could be. I'm I'm not saying you're a moron. No, you're actually a really nice guy. Love you, man. You're great. And you're really intelligent. (laughs) And I don't know. I don't think you should call yourself a moron. That's not good for you. Oh, we do the jokes. I know. I know. The jokes are great. I'll tell you my favorite alien joke, okay? Okay. This typical American baseball cap, beer belly, is on a ship right? He's on one of these alien ships and these two aliens are next to him. And one of them says to the other, you abducted him, you feed him. So there you go. There you go. That's what I always say. You bring him home, you got to put up with him. You wanted me to ask you about an asterisk. And what was that about? Do you see the title of the book is Making Contact. And between the making and the contact, there is a symbol. And that symbol is I feel is really how the extraterrestrials, if that's what they are, communicate. They speak, we speak in words, but they speak in bigger pictures. This is how they send messages. Words, you know about quantum physics and the collapse of the wave function? Have you heard about that? I I haven't, but I'll learn from you. So quantum physics says everything is exists on the part of the observer. When you say something is such a thing when you put a label on something then you make it into that so quantum computing 
is where they, they uh, compute probabilities. So it's just in Las Vegas. You roll the dice in Las Vegas, or you used to, they land, and that's a certain number, seven. That, when you see a seven, the possibilities have collapsed. The possibilities of what that roll of the dice are have collapsed into a certain thing. I'll get to the asterisk in a second. But before, when you're still rolling them, there's 36 possibilities for those dice. And that is called superposition. And superposition is what is calculated in quantum computing. Not the results, but it's the superposition of possibilities. So when you're in superposition, you're not defining something. You're thinking more symbolically. So the asterisk is not one thing. It means whatever that symbol means to you. Maybe it means the point of contact. Maybe it means a distant star. Maybe it is a telepathic um, communication of a symbol into your reality. So I put that in there to go beyond language. Because if we're going to learn to communicate with a higher intelligence, we have to do it without the mm, interface of this kind of linear language. Yeah, you know, and there are creatures on this planet that do not create, do not communicate in linear realities, and they are the superior ones, like the dolphins. A dolphin can emit four sounds at once, and we still don't understand what they're saying. You no, know, I used to work with John Lilly, who taught dolphins how to speak English, but they got so bored speaking English, they would just go off into their own language. So, in order for us to understand ETs, we have to think symbolically we have to think metaphorically we have to think with another way of knowing you have to understand apprehension versus comprehension if that makes sense mm-hmm. people does, use yeah go ahead let me ask you about this to follow up on what you had said yeah. earlier does not only is i guess some other chris foss sending me messages and right. stuff and I me, mean, he might be lower on the IQ poll of the other no, aliens. No, he's okay. higher because he's is he higher. higher? So, okay. Yeah, he is. Yeah. I don't know. You you should really know more about my thoughts because they're <laughs> they're real low bar. I mostly just think about lamps all day. I love lamp. But no. So the question is, do you feel that sometimes aliens will send me a message directly and be like, "Hey, Chris, here's some mind." You no, know, they probably are, but we are we're self-absorbed. They're not saying you like me. I'll take myself with our personality and what we like and who we are in 3D world that sometimes we miss the messages from the higher Chris or the aliens. So we have to be still sometimes and see, okay, what's coming to us? I have to say, you are a smart guy. And these questions you're asking, they're not coming from the ordinary Chris. They are coming from another level. They're coming from, yeah, they're all around you. That's it. You got it. No, they really are. Because what is this thing that's making us talk and communicate? Where is that coming from? That's not just an affect of personality. There's something mystical happening in every day. And I can't explain it, but I'm just putting words. But it's coming from somewhere else. You're, you're doing a great show. You do this two or three or four times a day. Why do you do that? Because something, a higher part of you is saying, I want to know. I want to know what's out there. I want to know what's going on. I'm going to communicate this to people. This is not coming from your personality. Maybe part of it is, but there's something else that's driving this. That's what I feel. That's your higher self. 
there you go. I like to know there's a higher self other than the edibles I take. So there's that. So this has been a really interesting discussion and it's enlightening and it fits with a lot of different things that, that I think. Like I mentioned, I'm an atheist. I uh, try and stay away from the pre-constructive stuff and try and stick with science. And I think there, like you mentioned, there is a reason why we seem to be the only beings on this planet that have a consciousness where we sit around and go, why am I here? What does it mean? I don't think the snake's running around going, I don't know, I'm having an existential crisis right now. Should I eat rats or should I go vegan? So there's that. Anything we haven't touched on in your book so far that we want to do? Yeah, I address science in particular. The job of science is to investigate the unexplained, not to explain the uninvestigated. So most scientists don't deal with this question. I asked Michel Kaku, what do you think of the government coming forward and saying there's UFOs? And he said to me in a lecture, we don't know what real, what they really are. And, and we're not sure. I'm not saying it just because they're UFOs doesn't mean they're from another world. And I say to myself, because he didn't want to argue, what does that mean then if they're not from another? Who's made, it's not China, Russia, or the U.S. These are from another world. So let's face the fact. Science progresses one funeral at a time. You've heard that expression. This is what Thomas Kuhn in the Revolutions of Scientific Theory, he says, science likes to establish a way of being and they don't like to shift from that. And what comes in is anomalies. And they usually write off anomalies as, oh, interesting. But they don't take this into a new theory. This is what they call meteor thinking. In the 1890s, there was someone who said, I think rocks are falling from the sky. Because that's what these shootings started. And, and these scientists of the day say, no, that's impossible. The stars are fixed. Nothing's coming. Until they saw and found a meteorite. And it just changed Everything we knew about the world. When Hubble said, no, I think there's more than one galaxy and they're coming apart, that created a huge resistance. When the Wright brothers flew their airplane in 1903, Scientific America said, first of all, it's impossible for a heavier than air object to lift off the ground. And if we knew about it, it would be in the papers. And since it's not in the papers, it can't be true. So there's always a resistance to new ideas. That Schopenhauer expression, truth passes through three stages. First, it's ignored, then it's ridiculed, and then it's accepted as self-evident. So we're just out of the ridicule phase, the second phase. We're going to a phase where, okay, this is science. UFOs are not about belief. They're about discovery. I wrote this book because I wanted to discover what's really going on. There is something going on. And we know that now on the front page of the New York Times, the Navy says UFOs are real. The videos that have been released, they've been studying this since Roswell, for sure, since 1947 and probably longer. And they've kept this secret from us. It's time to let the cat out of the bag. And what that means, it's going to get wild when they do that because there's a lot of explaining to do, but we need to be told the truth. That's, That's why I true. I right. totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. I want to see it all in the open. No more of these secret files and stuff. Just tell us and let us figure it out and everything. But there, there are secret files. Don't you believe that? Oh, I know that because I've heard that. Like so I said, why, why are they doing that? It's yeah. to protect the religious, but also these ships are not filling up their gas tank to get here. You know that. Yeah. They're, they have another technology. And I think it's corporate America that really is suppressing part of what's suppressing the information. There you go. So, there you go. Not, yeah. 
So as we go out, give us your plugs where people can find you on the interwebs and find out more about you and what you're doing. So I really just touched upon the kind of the external parts of this book. If you read this book, you'll go into the intricacies of who these beings are, what they want us to know, and how we're waking up as a planetary civilization. You can get that book, Making Contact, Preparations for the New Realities of Extraterrestrial Existence. Go to Amazon. That's the best because if you type that in, I can raise in the search engines and go to Making Contact, Alan Steinfeld, S-T-E-I-N-F-E-L-D, and buy a book and start. Making Contact is an inside job, Chris. It's not just these beings are here. We need an open mind in order to welcome what's out there. It's not seeing is believing. It's believing is seeing. And so start believing, start making contact, and start opening your minds to something impossible. That's what Lewis Carroll said. He's Lewis Carroll, Alice in Wonderland. He said, I like to think about six impossible things before breakfast. So start to think about some impossible things and expand your reality. This is really what the UFO question is about. It's about breaking outside this narrow box that we think is our world. The world is a lot stranger and more unpredictable than we can ever imagine. And we need to consider that if we're going to evolve as a human species, we need to consider the impossible. How are we going to clean up the planet otherwise? So somebody's out there and they're visiting it and us and they're going to knock on your door, Chris, one day or just mm-hmm. head through the window. So thank you for the time here. Go to my YouTube channel too. I have lots of about 2,000 interviews with leading um, experts in the field of health, spirituality, UFOs. That's youtube.com slash new realities. My website, newrealities.com. And um, and buy the book. I'm open for questions. If you have a question, email me at newrealities at earthlink.net and find out about new realities because it's going to change your world. Rock your world, Chris. Thanks. There you go. My world always needs more rocking. It's been wonderful to have you on this show, Alan, and share all this wonderful knowledge to you. And I'll certainly leave to, to ponder and read your great book. Thank you yes, very much. Please read the book and let me know what you think. Let me know if you convert from you know, atheism to possibility. Is that what that is? I thought atheism was because I believe in science. So yeah. isn't that kind of... Well, si- what science do you believe in? Quantum physics? You believe in <laughs> multidimensional realities? You believe in non-locality? That's science too. Start oh. to expand your scientific you knowledge. You just you just explained to me. I just thought I was an atheism and I didn't buy the pre-constructive man-created stuff. And, yeah, yeah. And I, believe I don't in science, buy that. So. I believe in science too. I think Darwin was half... We do... We, evolution is a fact. Mm-hmm. But what provoked that evolution is another question. Yeah. So. I believe in the science of where everything's a theory. And so it's like evolving and we, we're exploring what that is. And there's no concrete sort of thing, which is what you usually have the concrete thing over on the preform. That's so. <laughs> collapsing the wave function. So why doesn't science look into what's happening with UFOs? Why don't? Because they do mm-hmm. have crash retrievals where they reverse mm-hmm. engineer. If you read the day after Roswell, Colonel Corso wrote that book, said we got the microchip from reverse engineering the crash ships at Roswell. We understood their technology and it's adding to us. I don't know if that's true, but it might be. But let's use science absolutely to understand how to go beyond the laws of physics that we call reality and fly like these UFOs into time and space. Wormhole physics are a fact. Eric Davis wrote a paper for the Senate Intelligence Committee 
on how to go through from this part of the universe to that part of the universe by creating a wormhole in time space. Science needs another level. So we have been kept in, in our own isolated room because science is waking up to new realities. Yeah. And at least we have a, a, a segment of our population that's thinking about theory and, and new possibilities because there's nothing finite, at, at least in science, scientific theory. So it's been wonderful to have you on the show. Thank you very much, Alan. To my audience, check out his book. It's coming out on May 4th. So you can pre-order this book, get ready, be the first on your block and your book club to take and read it. Making Contact, Preparing for the New Realities of Extraterrestrial Existence by Alan Steinfeld. Also, you can go to goodreads.com for just Chris Voss. See what we're reading or reviewing over there. Go to all of our groups on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. You can see all the wonderful stuff going there. You can see the beautiful video of this with Alan on youtube.com for just Chris Voss. Thanks so much for tuning in. Wear your mask, stay safe, and we'll see you guys next time.